While we've slept, a quiet revolution has taken place. Zealous prophets, teachers, and evangelists of this new revolution have been at work. Wherever young people congregate, they've been at work infiltrating colleges, universities, and homes. They've taken over the media, TV stations, and publishing houses. This is a battle with no holds barred. Self-serving politicians bow down to the media. Is it any wonder why society is disintegrating? Ordinary folks ask the question, whatever happened to my kids? Here to discuss the war against sanity, the home, the police, the Bible, and Christian values is John Carter with Opposing Worldviews. Who was Alexander Solzhenitsyn? Welcome back, my friends. Who was Alexander Solzhenitsyn? Some say, some say the greatest Christian of the 20th century. Well, I can't judge that. But Alexander Solzhenitsyn was a Russian who stood out against the atheistic system. He wrote that amazing book, The Galagakapalago. He speaks about the, the dreadful death camps. I mean, incomprehensible suffering. The atheists and the communists put to death around 50, 60, 70 million people. People say, I, I can't believe it. Yes, it's true. Alexander Solzhenitsyn fought against it. He was a hero. He was persecuted. He was tortured. He said this statement, we, looking at the fall of Russia, he said, we have rejected God and all this has come upon us. You see, my friend, the death, please listen to this. The death of God always leads to the death of man. If you kick God out of the classroom, if you kick God out of Washington, if you kick God out of your home, if you kick God out of television, if you kick God out of your own soul, there's going to come a dreadful spiritual death. And what is happening today, I'm not trying to make this easy for any person. We have rejected God and all this is coming upon us. People ask the question, what's happening to my kids? Why are American teens so sad? Why are so many committing suicide? Why are so many of the beautiful people in Hollywood committing suicide? Because the death of God leads to the death of everything. And what is needed is a turning to God such as we have never had before. And parents and grandparents wake up because 
atheism and this worldview is what is promoted today in every secular university in America, Australia and around the world. Does science point to God or away from God? Well, unlike Richard Dawkins, I believe that science points to God. I believe that science points to the reliability that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and everything came from the hand of Almighty God. Let me just give you a little bit of stuff. Some folks will say, oh, it's sort of boring stuff. No, it's not boring stuff at all. It's a matter of life and death. There is such a thing that's called the anthropic principle. Anthropic principle, what are you talking about? The anthropic principle is, is a truth. Everybody, every astronomer, every scientist knows about it. It's a relatively recent discovery. It shows that everything, you're listening, everything in the universe is fine-tuned for life. Everything. In fact, if the universe were, if the mass of the universe were increased by the mass of a dime, can you think of this? Think of the vastness of the universe. You increase it by the mass of a dime. Then the universe would blow up. It's like nobody believes. Yes, every astronomer knows this is true. I believe science points to the hand of God. I don't believe this is a coincidence. I'm told this. There are four primeval elements of the universe. They came into existence at the time of creation. Gravity, number one. Number two, the strong nuclear force. Number three, the weak nuclear force. And number four, electromagnetism. Now, you don't have to believe what I'm going to tell you. You don't have to believe it. But what I'm telling you is absolutely the truth. Scientists have discovered that if these four primeval elements of the universe had been out of sync, hey, have you turned me off or is this too heavy? Is this getting boring? Hey, if you care about your kids, you better get to know some of the truths. The truths also that show us that there's a God. We now know that if these four forces had been out of sync by one quadrillionth, of 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 one percent. There would have been no universe. What does this tell me? It tells me that science points to God. It tells me this could not have happened by itself. Now, if if what I'm telling you is true, then there is a God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word of God is true. The Bible is true. And if the Bible is true, we have the commandments. And if we follow God and keep His commandments, we're going to be happy, well-adjusted people. 
But if we turn away from God and reject the law of the Ten Commandments and the law of marriage and the law about men and women, there's nothing ahead of us, my friend, but chaos and death and hell. Therefore, what I'm saying today is this. It is time for us to return to the God of the Bible. Look at this text. Some say the greatest statement ever made in the history of the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. (laughs) God made everything. You are important. As I told millions of Russians, you are important because you were made in the image of God. Every little baby is important. Every old person is important because we were made in the image of God. What is this creator like? Well, this is sort of amazing. Now, you know, we've got all this evidence to believe in the creator today. There's never been a time in the history of, of the world or the history of the universe when we've had so much evidence to believe in God. Now, I, I'm going to read you, I'm going to quote it to you. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to quote it. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Bible tells me that the one who created the universe by his own power and his own wisdom, he became a man. His name is Jesus Christ. He was the best person this world has ever seen. He came to this earth. He healed the sick. He befriended the outcasts of society. He defended women's rights. My friend, the countries that don't believe in Christ don't have too many rights for women or for children. He gave to the world women's rights. He was the great emancipator. He was the prince of peace and he taught the truth. He taught the truth about marriage. He taught the truth about humanity. He taught the truth about who we are and what we're not. He said, you are a child of God. Now millions of people today are taught the idea that we are descended uh, from animals and that our ancestry goes back to a common gene pool in some primordial swamp. Therefore, you're something nothing. But the worldview that I'm teaching today teaches of a God who became man, infinitely loving, kind, good. Jesus Christ was God in human form and he died on the cross for our sins. How can you believe this? 
This is the most amazing truth in the world that God became a man and he died for our sins on the cross. I say, my friend, believe in this God. Believe in the God who believes in you. I don't care who you are. But for the sake of your children, believe in this God. For the sake of your grandchildren, teach your grandchildren that they're not related to the creatures of the swamps, but they are related to God because they're made in the very image of God. You are important. Listen, you are important. What has all this to do with the great rebellion against God? What has atheism, agnosticism, and lawlessness got to do with the unraveling of society? Hey, fantastic question. Let me see if I can answer it. Let me see if I can bring some light to this tremendously important issue. Listen. Because God loves us, according to the Scriptures, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Because God loves us, He gave to us the law. Did you hear this? Because God gave us His law, He gave us the Ten Commandments, He gave us the truth about human sexuality. He gave us the truth about men and women. (laughs) So I say to the mothers and the dads uh, who are saying to their little kids, oh, we can't really tell whether you're a boy or girl yet. You've got to wait till you grow up. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I consider this to be an affront. I consider this to be an insult to our children and I consider it, pardon my being so frank, I consider it to be a part of the new insanity which is being pushed down the throats of our kids everywhere today in the United States of America. Now I'm going to come over here in my Bible to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 and 27 and you say, do you really still believe the Bible? You better believe it. I believe in the Bible because I've got the evidence to believe. I've seen what happens when people turn away from God and when they turn away from the Bible. I've seen the dissolution of society. I've seen the collapse of the home. I'm seeing it today in America. America is going down like the Roman Empire went down unless there is a turning to God. This is the truth. I'm going to read you this text. Genesis chapter 1. Hey, my poor old Bible's coming apart. Better push back that page. Genesis 1, 26, 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now look at, listen, listen to this. So God created man in his own image. I'm not in the image of a monkey. (laughs) I'm in the image of God. So are you. 
Don't put yourself down. Don't believe this nonsense. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, I'm saying some pretty plain things here today. I'm not apologizing. Today in America and around the world, but starting here in America, that was once the most Christian of all the countries, we have a war against God and a war against his law. Do you hear this? We have a war in America against God and against his law. And if you love your kids, my friend, you're going to stand up for your children and you're going to stand up for God. Now, here's a text I'm going to read to you, Matthew 19, verses 3 to 6. I wrote it down here on this bit of paper. Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? (laughs) Can I get rid of her because I've seen a better model, a younger model? So here's a question of divorce. And he, the son of God, answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Listen. Christian marriage, biblical marriage, is between a man and a woman. And I don't care what the White House says on this. They're not the authority. The Word of God is the authority. I don't care what the Supreme Court says on this. They're not my authority. I don't care what what people say on this. I care what God says. And the Bible says that marriage is between one man and one woman, amen and amen, and that's it. Tell us about the man who played football with the Ten Commandments. The man who played football with the Ten Commandments? (laughs) I've had this statement in my files, as I would say in Australia, for donkey's years. That means a long, long time. So let let me read it to you. This is from one Professor Walter Rushenbolch who wrote, The moral laws are just as stable as the law of gravitation. Every fuzzy human chicken that is hatched into this world tries to fool with these laws. Some grow wiser in the process and some do not. We talk about breaking God's laws, but after these laws have been broken several billion times since Adam first tried to play with them, these laws are still intact and no seam or fracture is visible in them, not even a scratch on the enamel. But the law breakers, that is something else. If you want to find their fragments, go to the ruins of Egypt, of Babylon, of Jerusalem, study statistics, read faces, 
Keep your eyes open. Walk through the graveyards and read the invisible inscriptions left by the angel of judgment, for instance. Here lies the fragments of John Smith who contradicted his maker, played football with the Ten Commandments and departed this life at the age of 35. His wife and mother weep for him. Nobody else does. May he rest in peace. Remember what the professor said. We don't break the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments break us when we think we can live without God. God gave us the Ten Commandments because he loves us and he wants us to be supremely happy. Who am I? I've seen the tyranny of dictators. I've worked for years in Russia and Ukraine. I've worked in those countries where they would say, when you're making an omelette, you're going to break some eggs. And so they broke so many eggs, they, they murdered people by the millions. This is something that the atheists, many of whom here in America are good and wonderful people, but this is not taught too much today in the colleges. When the atheists were in charge of Russia and China and Cambodia, they murdered people by the tens of the millions. Remember Solzhenitsyn? We have forgotten God, we have rejected God and all this has come upon us. Um, I had a friend in Russia, his name was Paul. We called him Paul the Prisoner. More courage than just about any man, he wasn't a woos. You know, today we're breeding a nation of wooses. Mamby pambies. This man for his faith was thrown into a prison in Moscow. They put him in a refrigerator cell. They would freeze him up and then they would warm him up. This went on for three years. His teeth fell out. He went through hell. They said, you can get out of this place. Just tell us what we need to know. He said, never, never, never. Who am I? Who is Paul? I'm a child of God. I'm not a product of the law of evolution. No, I'm not. I'm a child of God. I came from the hand of God. As one man said, you are distinct and glorious because you, ref you reflect the image of God. Every little baby is important. But of course, this is not being taught today in the state colleges. Am I a what? Well, if you believe some folks, you are a what? You're the product of blind cosmic forces. You're the product of time plus matter plus chance. But that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what the American Constitution teaches. You are a child of God. You have a glorious destiny. When you were in the womb, God saw you. He noticed you. 
He was watching over you. A billion years ago, God knew all about you. He had a plan for you. God has a plan for you. What's happening today in America? We've got the great drug epidemic. People saying there's no purpose in life. Suicide has become an attractive option. We have the ultimate despair of the great Professor Dawkins who says when he dies, he's going to stand on the ship and salute because there's no afterlife. He doesn't believe in the resurrection. I noticed this from one of the Australian papers. This is from the Courier Mail. Queensland is not a state with a lot of people, 5.2 million. And yet it says a thousand people every week are trying to commit suicide. Why? Because people are giving up hope. They're giving up hope because they do not realize, they do not believe the truth that we come from the hand of God. Listen, my friend, what's wrong in America? There's the article, why are American teens so sad? Uh, There's a solution, of course, and that is to come back to the God who believes in us. As Robert Shuler said, believe in the God who believes in you. What is so amazing about grace? What's so amazing about grace is this, that God saw us in our desperation. He saw us in our sin. And God left the glory and the comfort of paradise and came down to the hellhole that was called earth, lived among us showed us what God is like, showed us the character of God. Jesus Christ was God in human flesh. And in the end, to pay the price of our sins, he went to the cross and died for us on the cross. That's about grace. What's so amazing about grace? If you come to him, and believe in him and confess your sins, he'll forgive all of your sins. You'll come up in the resurrection, you'll live for eternity. Therefore, my friend, here is my message. Let us come back to the God of the Bible. Let us believe in the commandments of God and let us trust, (laughs) let us trust in the beauty of the grace of God. You can now find the Carter Report anywhere, anytime, on any Android or Apple device. Use your cell phone, tablet, computer, or TV to access the many inspirational messages from Pastor Carter 24-7. For Apple users, go to the App Store. For Android users, go to Google Play and download the free Carter Report app. The Carter Report also has an official YouTube and Vimeo channel. Search for the Carter Report and find the topic that speaks to you. 
Roku users, simply search for the Carter Report and download the app free. The same on Amazon Fire. For Apple TV, visit the App Store and download the app. Reach out to the Carter Report and experience the hope, faith, and love of Jesus Christ. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.